Um, welcome back to another amazing, uncanny, spectacular, astonishing web of the web of precisely. <laughs> In I'm looking around my room. Incredible, fantastic <laughs> uh, episode of Comic School. I'm Mike Dando, uh, assistant professor of English at Saint Cloud State University, and. Um, I'm, I'm really, really excited. This is a super timely, super timely episode. Um, we are excited to welcome today, uh, Dr. Damien Duffy. And let me just give you a, by way of introduction, uh, Damien Duffy is a cartoonist, scholar, writer, curator, lecturer, Glyph Comics, Eisner Comics, Bram Stoker Award winning, number one New York Times bestselling graphic novelist. Um, holds, uh, he's got his PhD uh, in information and li uh, library and information services from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, where he teaches courses on computers, culture, social media, and global change. You can check out his many publications, academic essays, um, new media learning, art books. Um, one of my favorite joints, if you have not picked it up yet, is Black Comics Returns. Um, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, Dr. Duffy, uh, welcome to comic school. Glad to have you here, brother. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Glad to be That's, here. What a hefty, what a hefty, hefty intro. And I got to tell you, and we were talking a little bit off air uh, about this. Um, just recently, a couple days ago, I think, uh, another yes. Eisner Award. Like you said, yes. <laughs> time means nothing anymore. But within the within the wheel of time, as it were, um, another another Eisner Award nomination for um, for Parable of the Sower, the graphic novel adaptation of Octavia Butler's work. If you if you all haven't picked that up, um, do yourself a solid and get that from your local bookseller. Um, if and when, if and when you're, if and when you're, you're able to Abrams, uh, and uh, that's through Abrams, right? That's uh, not through. Okay, right, Abrams Comics Arts. I was trying to remember uh, whether it was Fantagraphics. Shouts out. Um, or, 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 but wherever fine books are sold, um, you will find Doctor Duffy's work. Um, it is so lovely to to see you and hear you. We've been trying to to schedule this, and then life has been just getting in the way, um, because that's what happens. But I'm so glad you're here. Um, Thank you for having is, me. Absolutely, as is our custom here on Comic School. Um, we like to we start out with a uh, an origin story. That's where all good comics start. Um, and so that's where that's where we'll start. Um, can you tell us a little bit about um, your life as a your life as a cartoon, a cartoonist? <laughs> um, how you got into comics? Why it is um, still connected to the work that you do and the and the life that you live? I know you you have, as we heard, a lengthy biography, um, but that's because you're passionate about it. So if you can, you just take us through the journey. The heroes, the heroes' epic journey. 
Yeah, so what happened was a uh, comic flew through my window, and I realized that criminals are a superstition. No, that's not right. <laughs> you were bitten by a radioactive comic? I was. <laughs> kind of. Sort of. Um, it started, I think I was about six, uh, and I, was, I had a, I was sick, I had like a cold or something, and um, my dad was driving me home, because uh, I would stay with him on the weekends, and uh, we stopped at a gas station, and he got me a Spider-Man comic. And in the comic, uh, it was the Marvel Tales reprint of the day Gwen Stacy died, night Gwen Stacy died. And uh, afternoon. Afternoon. <laughs> Dusk. Because, like, the cover said one thing, but the actual title, some, I forget which is which. Um, but uh, so I was, you know, six, and I read it. And in the story, Peter Parker's sick. And I read a panel where, like, Peter Parker coughed. And I, I coughed, like, right at the same time. And I've said this a lot, but I was like, oh, my God, I'm Spider-Man. Um, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Um, it's weird. That stuck with me, not the whole his girlfriend being murdered in front of him and stuff. But, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> the big takeaway for, for you was, hey, superheroes, they're just like us. That seems like a great time to have. Um, but, yeah, so, and then I guess... Pretty soon after, I don't know that I didn't really understand you could just get more comics, but I started drawing my own Spider-Man comics. Um, and I remember just being a, like a little kid, and I had like this folder, and I would like have a number of each new Spider-Man comic I made. I was up to like a hundred or something, and um, and yeah, so that was pretty much how it started. Uh, and then I was really into this idea of being a comics artist until I was about I don't know fourteen or so, and I'd gone to a couple of comic conventions with my portfolio and had editors politely talk me down, you know, like maybe you're not good enough yet, you know? Um, and uh, so I just sort of convinced myself, like it's never going to happen. I'll quit comics. Uh, so by the time I'm an undergrad, I took, uh, it was called rhetoric, but like creative writing was my major. And I'm like, you know, I'll just be a, a serious author or something. Um and then in retrospect, I realized, like, while I was quitting comics, I drew, like, two comics for, like, these, like, student publications. And a friend of mine who I'm still working with, we did, like, a comic together. Um, so that was my quitting period. And then after I graduated... That was your, that was your Spider-Man No More, where you just, yeah, your, your, your mask was away. in the garbage? <laughs> fucking way. Um, and then uh, pretty soon after I graduated uh, undergrad, like, uh, early 2000s, because I'm old... Um, my, uh, uh, a friend of mine, Dan Tincher and I started self-publishing a book. Um, it was a crime comic. We were really inspired by the black and white Brian Michael Bendis, uh, torso jinx stuff. That kind of got it. Awesome. Yeah. So, we, you know, we did a rip off, <laughs> not really a rip off, but, um, it was this, uh, comic called Wisp about a drug that could let you see the future. Um, it's not good or anything, but, uh, we, uh, we did publish uh, three issues through Diamond. Um, what? Yeah, I, so, I did not know this. Okay. Uh, so uh, our our uh, publishing house is called Rehab Twenty Five, which is the setting of the, the story. Um, and uh, the way we got it printed was Dan worked at Kinkos, and uh, he worked like the midnight shift at Kinkos, so we got a deep discount. Um, should I say that? Hey, it's not even called Kinkos anymore. Um, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, but it was right. It was before Diamond set, where you had to have a sales 
re- reach a sales goal in the first issue, they would give you three issues. So we actually uh, were in previews for three issues, um, and we sold a massive 200 <laughs> issues or something, but for like a black and white for, Vedic, for a zine that was that was all right yeah that's not, that's not shabby uh so yeah so that was kind of the start of the professional comics career uh, a lot of you know rejections for Zarek grants and stuff like that um and let's uh, probably like two maybe one or two years after that is when i first met john john jennings who has co-authored and drawn and worked with me on many, many of the comics projects, um, including the Octavia Butler work. Um, and then, uh, so John, Dan and I, uh, and a couple other people, we, uh, we started this kind of web comics collective thing called iTrauma Comics. Uh, and then we put out some stuff or like, it was like stuff we'd already been working on. We were just sure. working on. Them. Sure. Um, and then that moved into, uh, John and I working together and, um, working together on curating comics art, especially we were really inspired by the kind of, don't want to say sexist and racist. That's maybe too strong. The lack of diversity in the people chosen for the masters of American comics art exhibition. Uh, Cause it was all dudes and all white dudes. Except for what? The- in comics? Right. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but also just like the general idea of a canon and establishing yeah. a canon. For comics yeah for yeah for sure so we ended up uh, john and i ended up working on these comics art shows that were meant to be sort of the antithesis of that um and uh yeah that's that's kind of how it went then john and i got our first publisher who was not like ourselves for this uh graphic novel called the whole consumer culture and that would that's that's how that went now we're big time comics guys. <laughs> I remember seeing the whole uh and it freaking me out. because uh, <laughs> I was coming up in I was coming up in comics in in, in St. Louis at the time. Yeah. Um, oh okay. and we and we had a um uh it's it's closed it's closed now, but but there was a big indie um we had an indie section. It was real like the zine scene was was still big in, in St. Louis. Star Clipper or was Star Clipper Damien Duffy? I know Star Clipper, Damien Duffy. Yeah, they 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 uh they were my spot and the Star Clipper had an art gallery and yeah. um and they we had, had a nice had indie stuff scene. In the art gallery once, John. Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. Revelations here on Comic School. Um, two things that's yeah. wild because I was there, like, I was um, I would go weekly, so I've, I've pretty sure ran into your stuff but i remember seeing the hole and i was like this is something this is great um so that's where that's where your boy enters uh the story uh tertiary that's a word now um (laughs) um and now you're actually now you're um working um you're 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 finishing we're well, not finishing up but but you're still continuing to adapt the octavia butler uh work um and um you are uh at as we mentioned earlier you're up at um university of illinois um at urbana champaign i believe yes um, school of information science it is called yes that. yes um so how so, so the question is, uh, and, and there's a couple of things that, that you said that, that just made me um, really, really 
geek out a little bit. Um, first of all, what made you <laughs> and your friends, including John, think we, we're just going to self-publish? Uh, so we, we kind of talked about zines, but like, what, what about it? Because there's a lot of folks who... Um, myself included, by the way, I remember in, like in, in elementary and middle school, like we would have like comics arts parties where we would try and like, we would have like ciphers of who could do the best Spider-Man in yes. like 30 seconds or, or what have you. But yeah. we, we all thought like, man, we want to work for Marvel. We want to work for DC. What was your experience like? You're like, um, no, my, my, my guy works at Kinko's. That's about to happen. So like, can you take us through like, not a DIY, because I don't want to di- kind of disparage, but, th- but that's a whole culture um, yes. that is just the medium of it has a link to comments, I think. So, so for you, how, how did that conversation go? What was that like? I'm just going to do it ourselves. It's yeah. fascinating. Um, I, yeah, like, so DIY is its, its own culture. And like right. a lot of cultures that I take part in, I never felt like I was part of it. <laughs> Um, but, uh, it sort of started with Dan, uh, he had previously, uh, with his brother self-published like a literary zine. Oh, right on. So he already had some connection to that. And then also, um, I mean, at the time it's not like mainstream or mainstream corporate direct market comics were a bustling industry, right? Iron Man wasn't out yet. Um, I think maybe Blade and the first X-Men were about as far into Marvel as movies were. And, you know, it, it was still, it was in that weird transition See, period. People weren't scheduling their Wednesday and Friday nights around, around Marvel content. Yeah. Like, if I told, time, if, I, if I said something about Green Arrow to someone, they'd be like, what the hell are you talking? Like, the turn signal? Like, they wouldn't know what I was saying, right? <laughs> um, so, kind of, yeah, part of it was that, that comics was still... Right. It, and uh, that just seemed like the best entry point, I think, for us. Um, and this is and this is pre. Uh, let's let's make ourselves feel as old as humanly possible before noon. Uh, this was pre. This was pre, or just at the burgeoning of the internet. So so yeah. it, it wasn't like dig, digital comics or web comics. Uh, you know, nascent at best. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I mean, so web comics were still in that sort of a period that I'm still kind of interested in, but that like, let's do weird experimental stuff. And everything <laughs> seemed kind of, um, there seemed to be a lot of potential. Right. Um, in, in all these sort of new forms and things, right. Scott McCloud is just telling you, you can zoom in on things. Or right. Right. Um, and yeah, so that was part of it. And then also um, we were, it was like 21, 22, both of us. So we were dumb and we thought, <laughs> you know, we can do this. Really, it's the brazen arrogance of youth. Right. Like, uh, just Smith. That guy did it. It's fine. Um, but, uh, I mean, but I also remember during that period, uh, an especially sort of formative moment, and I think something that really helped convince us, other than, you know, Diamond dropping us because we didn't sell enough, um, was, uh, uh, what's the name of that book? Elks Run? Uh, Josh... Fiaclough, and I'm going to forget the artist's name right now because I suck, but Noel something. Um, but it was uh, this comic that came out through, what, like CrossGen? It was one of those publishers that was very briefly it's, around. Right. Um, but it, it was like it was like the first comic to get a review in like Entertainment Weekly, and 
I know this because later I wrote a like an encyclopedia entry on it, but um, uh, but like even at the time I was sort of following it because it was like this big sort of uh, watershed moment of like the direct market cannot support independent comics anymore. Um, and, you know, it, it was helpful for us, too, because we had already, like, I think by that point, flamed out of uh, previews. So we're, it was just like, that's just the market. I mean, word rate, it was, the, you know. Um, but no, it, that was, I think, uh, sort of at a point when it was like, why not self-publish if the direct market itself is not really set up to anymore to support, you know, it's not like the 80s when there's the big black and white right the published comics boom and stuff like that right um so yeah i think i think at the end of the day it just ended up being sort of like that's what we got to work with you know um and just sort of giving up on the idea of i want to draw spider-man someday and just being like i want to tell my own stories um and i think that was probably the inspirational stuff like the bendis comics and not just the bendis comics but those really stick out of the black and white comics of being like this is not really something I've seen or seen in a long time in American comics. Um, clearly there's a market for it. Cause now this guy is writing Spider-Man. Uh, so let, you know, we'll just tell our own stories. So, you know, that was when we finally, I think, got to that point in our, in our evolution as fans and creators. And a, a couple of things. One, I just want to, I just want to shout out uh, to this idea of, um, what we work with what we have to work with um, is, is such a, first of all, makes me think of bricolage first of all, but then also hip hop, but that's like, like what the, the materiality that is available, you know, form, form follows function kind of as it (laughs) like, well, we're going to do it black and white because we got a copier. (laughs) Um, And that's what we're going to do. And I kind of know how to do this. And we kind of know how this works. We kind of know how this, here's the area, here's the time. And that, and then it all kind of, it all kind of meshes. Were you, um, were you drawing as, (laughs) as a sickly youth in the back of your car or, or, or did that's, um, or, or had you been drawing previously and then, and then Spider-Man, um, you know, Get, gave you that direction into like oh okay i'm gonna do yeah this is really what resonates with me does that does that it, question make sense yeah, yeah yeah for sure i in my memory i had been drawing previously i'm not positive like because i i sort of undersell some other comics that i know i read before spider-man like uh i was huge into peanuts i get the big peanuts collections out of the library um and you know kelvin and Hobbes, right yes. um so i i know i was definitely I had always been into like reading the funnies and stuff. And I know I I would draw as a kid because I remember doing like weird little self-portraits and things. Um, But the Spider-Man thing was definitely when I first was like, I'm going to spend all damn day in my room drawing comics, you know. Um, So like making that leap of like, I will keep doing this. And it's like, it's nice out. I don't care. Spider-Man. Good for you. You know. (laughs) I got to get these. I got to get. Good for you. I got to get these layouts done. (laughs) (laughs) I Um, I know because I did that too. I was just like, all right, I'll sit on the porch. (laughs) I I remember like one of the first times I was at a comic convention and there was, it was some panel and somebody was talking about that idea of like, oh, you're going to go. No, I'm going to stay here. I got to draw this arm, you know, like. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, going to finish exactly. itself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I respect you, sir, or madam. Yeah, right. Like, right. Makes sense. Uh, so that's kind of when I first knew I was like in the right place. Um, and, and, 
and it's interesting because a community does develop around that. I think one of the things that um, is, is really cool and interesting is I remember, and again, this was <laughs> this, it's, it's this, I don't want to say certain temperament, but there's when, when it gets in you, it gets in you because I remember having not just the discussions of who would win in a fight between, you know, who's faster, the flash or Superman or whatever. We did have yeah. those discussions, but we also talked about, uh, we also knew our pencils, right? We're yeah. like, yo, what are you using for, what are you using for this? Like, no, you got to use the, like, like the way yeah. that retirees talk about golf clubs, Yes. Right. <laughs> so, you know, oh, he's like, yo, sure. you check this new India ink out. It's like, yeah, nah, man, what's good? Right. Like <laughs> my favorite thing to do. And when I first met Dan, that's kind of how I knew we'd be friends for life is like somebody mentioned X-Men. And then it was like 40 minutes later. And we're like, you know, I like Jim Lee's hatching, but I'm really more into Mark Silvestri. And it's like, yeah, OK. And everyone else had kind of gone like, <laughs> they got these to talk. I thought we were just going to talk about laser eyes. But these these dudes are talking about a whole yeah. other level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I, I think it's interesting because when we, when we think about comics and, and we think about just, just as a medium, and again, one of the big things, not a genre, medium. Oh, yes. Okay? Let's write, everybody, everybody pause and write that down because, you know, I remember reading Garfield. Um, right. Like, <laughs> when I, not, not recently, but like coming up, I would read Garfield and Calvin and Hobbes, and I remember thinking that, Oh, these are two different things. They're like, I get one kind of thing from Garfield. I get, <laughs> yeah, John Arbuckle, of course. <laughs> but, 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 um, I get something different. And I remember, uh, I remember thinking, like, oh, comics do different, different thing. They tell yeah. these are both cats. I remember thinking, I think it was probably in fifth grade, like, oh, these are both cats. <laughs> but they're not doing cats yeah. and right and i would try to say that and like i remember if like meeting people like yeah i noticed that too we're seven um, yeah. <laughs> right but right yeah but, but it's that idea like kids doodle like just <laughs> with fine motor skills that's developmental but then mm -hmm. there's a there's a shift and i was i was curious about that this like i i now do this all the time and we um yeah, yeah like this is me now this like, is I've me now incorporated this right Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I remember like being a kid and taking, a, you know, like at the local park district, they had like a cartooning class or something. I was probably like eight. Um, yep. And like they just wanted us to copy like pre existing comic strips, you know? So I remember like copying a Ziggy, like a <laughs> <laughs> Hagar the Horrible. <laughs> yeah. And like I'd, I made up my own thing of like some baby who like, it was like a stupid bit, but like I had made up like the pacing of a joke and everything. I showed it to the teacher and they're like, yeah, but Ziggy's here. You should copy yeah. that. Yeah, but you were supposed to draw Kathy. Right. <laughs> Going, ah! We're like Kathy. Ziggy's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. I look forward to I look forward to your emails. Um, <laughs> the Ziggy, the Ziggy from the Ziggy community. Um, he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. He'll be fine. He's done fine for himself. Yeah. Um, and but but I think that that's that that's interesting to hear you say because even from that tender young age, um, you were like, yeah, I'm gonna do my own. Like I'm yeah. gonna do my own thing. I I appreciate that. Are we going to say the Ziggy aesthetic? Um, I mean, it's, it's but, a fine, fine way to learn to draw a particular right, way. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but even then you're like, yeah. And, and you talked about story structure and there's a joke structure, right? There's a, um, 
there's a setup and a, and a punchline, yeah. right? Even if it's even if it's intertextual, a la Family yeah, Circus. Whatever uh, the... Uh, what's that? The, the Nancy, the snapper or whatever, the Ernie Bushmiller thing, yeah. Um, but it's... It, um, it's interesting to hear that that you had that. When I say independent, I don't mean like in the in the way of like big three, but like there are stories to tell, and I kind of have this trajectory. Um, why did you not give up though? Because I think a lot of people, um, it, it's always it's always interesting to hear these stories. But I think a lot of people think like, well, of course he was been drawing since he was six and and he and and he was around art and he did art and that's what but like why like when when you bring your portfolio and you're like no this maybe you got oh you got i see you're working you guy how how did that how did how did you how did you set your mind or, or how did you continue on this trajectory um after that, um, a- after those discussions, I-, I think about, um, I call them Marty McFly moments, <laughs> right? Or, 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 or George McFly moments, sorry. Right. Where it's just like, I don't think I could take that kind of rejection. It's like, well, you either, you do, like, or, you, you, yeah. you, do or you don't. Um, and so I'm, I'm curious about yeah, what that was for you. a good question. Because um, like I said, like I tried to give up a bunch of times. Um, it's <laughs> don't. Please don't make this a hero narrative. I tried to walk away. I really did. You just say the commies game chose you. I feel like that's what just happened. That's what happened. That's right. Sorry, go ahead. Some men are born into. (laughs) Um, No, it was um, and like I've talked with John about this too, because actually when he and I met, we were at both at a similar place where like, eh, dude, are we still into this shit? You know, like, um, and then um. You know, but then like he and I talking together sort of like rekindled some of our excitement. And I had that same experience uh, when I met Dan and we started self-publishing. And I think it was just that there was something in me that would not let it go. Um, And it might just be like a stubbornness thing or it might just be, I don't know. But uh, I, I always felt like there was still more I could do maybe or like I hadn't done the thing I wanted to do um and I mean that's still the case like I I still feel like there's work I need to do stories I need to get out um so I think I think that's part of it and it it like I guess that's what I mean when it's like I didn't really have a choice because it was like either I go insane ignoring what I want to do um Mm. and and you know I've tried to go down that path and like so like I, I have depression and Depression's always worse when I try to ignore these stories I want to tell. Yeah. Um, so it really, it did become a part of like, I need to do this. Um, there's another thing, uh, John and I were at um, one of the, it's called something different now, but it was a f- uh, festival of cartoon art at the uh, Ohio State University. Um, and I think it was Paul Pope. It was some famous person, but they were um, talking to somebody else about it. It's like, you got to have fire in the belly. And it sounds like super cliche but it was like you kind of do though like you need something to or uh octavia butler talks about a positive obsession yeah Um, and i think i think it's that right like i can't get away from it like there's something in me that needs to express itself in this way and i i 
trying to deny that makes me a less happy, productive yeah. person. And I, you know, I, I feel that because, and, and, and I've heard it, I've heard it put this way too, is, is like, I know I get anxious when I don't write yep. and, and it's not because, Oh, I feel a pressure, but it's, it's a lot of what you're, what you're describing. And I don't say, and that's not, that's not, I'm not saying that glibly at, at all. Um, yeah. Because, um, you know, when we think about, um, well, this is, there are things that I'm, there are things that I'm wired for, wired for sound, wired for, wired for story. And, and people, by the, by the way, are wired for story, but not everybody's wired the exact same way to torture that metaphor, right? Um, you know, it's, it, 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 storytelling is not new. And so, in some ways, the stories that are being told, whether it's Octavia Butler or some kid in middle school making a zine, some of these stories um, express humanity, um, right. I think. And, and um, I, 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 I love that idea. And I want, and, and I'm wanting to just, pause here for for everybody listening is this idea of there's more there's always more to do and more to tell because i think there's this notion of well if i just do this mm -hmm. then i just do this and i get to this and i do this but we are talking with with someone we got bram stoker like yup uh glyph awards yup eisner's yup but that's not the point yeah Right. Like that's, and, 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 and we don't, and, and I think in a, and I don't want to get on my soapbox, but in a very product or we'll call it product oriented society. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be tactful, but, um, but in an outcome oriented society, we, we often tend to look at like, well, what did you do? What did you make? How did, like, what, <laughs> what feathers do you have in your cap? Um, but for you, there's more stories to do and tell. There's more things to do. There's more stories to tell. And that's what I'm going to do. Um, do good work and yeah. be ready. Because that's here's the other thing is be ready. Because yes. all of this from the backseat, the sniffling in the backseat to the making the zines. Because I've heard John, and, and I want to get into, uh, if we can, I want to talk about the Octavia Butler stuff a little bit. Um, sure. Because... Um, I think that that's um, it's, it's hugely hugely important. Um, but when you're getting ready, all, all of this leading up to FedExing copies of <laughs> of, of this adapted work, um, and, and and if you haven't, and this is. I love this because if this was a comic, it would be like the little asterisk with like, go back and listen to John Jennings, episode three. <laughs> um, enough said. Right, right, enough said. Hey, true believer. Um, <laughs> but, but John talked a little bit about this, um, uh, about the Octavia Butler uh, when we were doing Kindred. But um, how does one approach when you have your stories to tell? And you have Octavia Butler's stories that exist. And I talk about this in my comics classes, is novels aren't comics, comics aren't novels. They do different work, they can do similar things. But how does one go about working through adapting? Because you did the, you did the, the, the adapt, you both did. 
but we talk right. about writers in comics and 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 uh, and artists in comics and even letterers and, and colorists. Those all have to be in sync. How did you prepare yourself? How does one? <laughs> Is it the audacity of youth again? How does one come to Octavia Butler and go, "Yep, we're doing this"? Uh, <laughs> fine question. Um, yeah. <laughs> A long question, but <laughs> thank you. No, I know you're saying like um, it's. I mean, okay, so part of it, I think I would be lying if I didn't say that in retrospect, there is some hubris involved in it, uh, where John and I are like, I mean, we're, we can do this. We got this, you know, um, and, um, I, I I think we were really fortunate that the story you're alluding to, um, that we attempted to get a, a job adapting Kindred, uh, a few years before we got the real job until we failed at it. Right. Um, I think we were fortunate because we were definitely not ready. At the, well, I won't say weren't ready. We weren't as ready at that point. I think um, we weren't as disciplined as uh, creators at that point. Um, so, I mean, I think part of it was that uh, I know for myself, and I think John too. Like, we felt like we were already telling stories that were in a somewhat similar vein to what Butler was doing, especially with Kindred and the Parables. Um, in that um, both uh, our first graphic novel, The Whole, and our curatorial work was very much interested in identity um, and, and the politics of identity, politics of race and gender, and sort of how those things get uh, chewed up and spat out in a capitalist society, right? Um, so, like, that, that had been a big focus of our collaborative work already, and I was such a huge fan of Kindred, um, cause I, f- I first, uh, learned about Butler's work when I was an undergrad in creative writing and trying very hard to be like, you know, I'm going to learn my craft, like trying right. to be very serious. Um, and just reading that book was like a mind blowing experience. Um, so w- when the opportunity came initially to adapt it for this job, we have we didn't get, it just seemed like such a natural fit to work we had already been doing. Um, so I think that was part of it, that it, it, it seemed to, be part of a longer continuity of our, our collaborative work and our respective careers. Um, and all that makes complete sense. But then once you get the contract and you're sitting in front of the book, it is a horror show. No, um, it was, I always make this joke, but it's not actually a joke where I felt like her spirit was over me just shaking her head like, no, white boy, no, come on. What are you doing? Bad. <laughs> what, is, what is happening here? Yeah. Um, right. And, and that was at, like the first draft I wrote. I did a lot of um, like remixing stuff, and I added this framing sequence um, that was very much more in my style, not really the style of the, of, uh, the original Kindred. And we were lucky to have uh, Sheila Keenan as an editor who did an amazing job of like being like, "Okay, here's your nonsense. We'll get rid of that. Here's the story." Um, and like I talk about those as hesitation marks, and I think that's probably right. Like it was my way of sort of working through the pressure and, and um, you know, like in the abstract, you're like, you know, Octavia Butler is a huge deal to those who know her work, MacArthur Genius Grant, come on. Um, but, you know, it's, it's something else again, when you're actually like picking apart bits of text and like this bit of prose goes and mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to put this genius mm-hmm. in this prose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I, in dealing with that, I fell back on a lot of, like, like I guess, comics tricks, I would say, or, mm-hmm. like, you know, kind of time-splicing or juxtapositional things 
that I like to do in my own writing. Um, and uh, so that was like just a, a, an amazing learning experience. And I think probably the first time I had like a, an actual sort of editorial interaction, um, like we'd had editors on uh, the whole and uh, the, the first black comics art book that we did. But those were editors more in the sense of late copy editing. Because <laughs> um, usually the editor was like also the publisher and designer for sure. those works. You know? sure. um, so, you know, that was the first time I really got to, to understand like what a great editor is there for. Um, and so that was an amazing experience. But also it really helped me to understand what the purpose of these adaptations is. Because uh, my first draft of Kindred, I, and I, I think I was having a nervous breakdown or something, but in writing it, I, I ended up writing a script that would force you to read the original novel and compare it to the graphic novel, mm. which, uh, you know, for, I'm like, everyone needs to read this. <laughs> <laughs> from a which is, which is not wrong, but from a sales... <laughs> not, yeah, not a great idea for a publisher trying to make money. Um, and, you know, I was very resistant to this idea. I, like, I'm like, I don't want to just do a classics illustrated, you know cliff notes of right right um and and we did i think finally with sheila's help find a good balance of straight up just like adapting but also using the comics medium for what the comics medium does best right um i feel like i got off the topic here but like that's sort of how i i approached adapting and then specifically with octavia butler she's such an amazing writer you don't realize how intricate and complex and tightly woven her prose is um, because it's, it's lots of time frames all together, right? It's like, right. this happened. This reminded me of a thing three months ago when this happened, um, which when you're reading it is fine, but when right. you're trying to do it as a comic and you need that a more linear sort of right. time, it, like it, it's very much taking a puzzle apart and then putting it back together so you can still see the picture, but with less pieces. Right. Um, and, so, yeah. and, and that's hugely important in terms of thinking about what the medium affords and invites versus what some of the constraints of a medium are, right? Mm -hmm. Now, whether that's not, whether that's, that's prose or whether that's, um, you know, sequential art, um, that, that's, one of the huge, that's one of the huge things to take, uh, to take into consideration is understand the purpose, right? So like when, when Butler's weaving her work together, it, it's done intentionally. And it's like, well, okay, well, there's a whole story to that thing that happened three months ago. I'm actually not going to tell you that whole story because we got to keep it moving, but understand that I've, <laughs> I've there's a world there. There's right? a world there that I've, that I've constructed and then, okay, well, how does and doesn't that work? And we, you, you have to make a decision because otherwise you do end up with a classics illustrated, um, right. which uh, are, that's not it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and but that's not, not what you did either. You have, right. you have something you, you, uh, have something that is um, beautifully rendered, not not uh, it, not transposed. Right, like Does and that makes sense. Like, yeah, because I mean, Classics Illustrated. Not to diss Classics Illustrated, they they have done. You're, you're better. You're a better person than I am. But I oh, mean, they did give like, us Jack Kirby and and a couple of people, I suppose. Yeah, I think uh, I think Joe Kubert. Joe Kubert. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I mean, there's lovely art involved, but it is very sure. much just sort of like a, a Cliff Notes. Right. Uh, boiled down version and not trying to do its own thing. Yep. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that, that, and I think also John and I both were ready when we got the contract to do Kindred because we had spent so much time thinking about what comics are and what they can do. 
There uh, it is. And spend so much time as comic scholars also. Right. Um, mm. And uh, also a formative, uh, John and I met, uh, he brought Scott McLeod to come talk at, at U of I. Like, that's when I met John. Um, and uh, never heard this one? No, I've never heard this one. Please oh, do go, oh. please do go on. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, John, the way John and I met, I had graduated, um, I think I'd been out of undergrad for like a year. I was working at the law library uh, at U of I, where I apparently will be forever. And um, uh, it was like a civil service job. Um, and uh, there's this gentleman, uh, Dan Yesbick, he's a professor in uh, St. Louis now. Um, yeah, but he, uh, he was a grad student at U of I, and I took, he taught the first graphic novel class in the English department there. And, and I was a student in that class. Um, so I knew him from that. And um, he also like knew of me beforehand because I'd done some like comic thing in this other guy's class and he showed it to him or whatever. Um, but, you know, I was, I was always on McLeod's website at the time because he was doing all the, like the webcomic stuff. Right. And, or the infinite canvas stuff. And um, uh, he, he had his like schedule of speaking engagements and I saw he was coming to U of I and I'm like, oh, I'm going to that. That's done. Hello. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so it, it turned out John was the professor who brought him to come talk. Uh, and I, I ran into Dan Yesbick, like, right before. He's like, did you know Scott McCloud? I'm like, yeah, I'm going. He's like, I'm going too. Let's go. Um, anyway, so it turned out uh, Dan Yesbick had been hanging out with uh, R.C. Harvey, a uh, comics historian. He lived in Champaign for a long time. This story is absurd, but continue. <laughs> Go on. Go on. Um, so yeah, so Yesbik, he would he would have lunch with uh, R.C. Harvey like once or twice a week or something. And uh, R.C. Harvey is old friends with Scott McCloud. They like to get together and argue about like what is comics. And um, uh, so R.C. Harvey was crashing the dinner after the talk because he's friends with Scott McCloud. Dan Yesbik was crashing the dinner after the talk because he's friends with rc harvey and then i crashed the dinner because i was friends with yesvik and that was how i met john um who also then, crashed turns out no one was invited to the one. to the dinner it was just yeah, McCloud was like, I thought I made this, this is an arby's what is happening <laughs> but, but yeah so like that and then um a few months later uh john was giving some talk about comics at the public library. And uh, my wife and I went, actually, I don't think we were married yet, but anyway, um, we went and Yesvik was there and R.C. Harvey was there and we ended up talking. So then we ended up like once every couple of weeks or once a week, we'd have lunch at this uh, little diner called Carmen's, uh, which looks like it's out of a, or it, it's not there anymore, but it looked like it was out of like a David Lynch Twin Peaks. Like it's all old people smoking and just like, yeah, but we sit there. <laughs> And talk about like comics and politics, and it was pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, so and that was when uh, John actually was doing. He did a a comic called The Hole before the one we did. He was working on that, so he'd bring pages and show us what he was doing. Um, you know, I showed stuff from we were uh, Dan Tincher and I were still finishing up our Wisp, our last issue for uh, uh, previews. So yeah, we just got together and would talk comic stuff. Um, so that that was an amazing and uh, clearly formative experience as well. And what I love about it is, uh, and I, I was thinking about that story, and it was 
people that love comics talking about comics and willing to do what it takes to talk to more people about comics. Not like, oh, I need to be in the same room with this, but it's like, I love comics. I love comics too. We take it very seriously. Let's meet every week and talk politics and comics. Why? Because. Oh man, I was so happy. And and I kept like being like, hey, maybe I should come with you guys once. Hey guys. Yeah, like it was like that. It was, yeah. And what's, what's important in that, to me, one of the many important things is um, investing, in, investing in yourself and, and, and study. You talked about learn your craft. The work that goes on in the front, in the front end, like people, I, I think, and this isn't just in comics. I think this tends to be in part of our um, modern world is it tends to be, if I have a question, I can ask Siri and it, I, can, I have access to information right, right away. Right. But information same, is not knowledge. But information is not knowledge. And it takes time to develop. What makes this happen is a lifetime dedicated to scholarship and thinking and practicing and building with other people, this collaborative nature that is both comics and scholarship at its best and art at its best and people at their best. So uh, like I just that's the big takeaway for me is it's not about well what do you have to do to get be successful mm. no 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 that's the wrong question what is your understand the purpose know the assignment and I love the I love what you said and 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 I love what you said about hesitation marks because that is an important thing to know about yourself and about the craft is this idea of what choices were made and how were they made and why were they made and how are we going about making those decisions not only on a daily basis but uh in the work that we do but in the lives that we live right yeah and also i mean um i i know when i was a young creator and like anyone who's watching this when you hear these stories told it all sounds very sort of preordained and like you know i put in the work yeah no but it's very not (laughs) it's messy as hell it was Mm -hmm. mostly like mm-hmm. I'm gonna be a big time comics that we sold how many? No, I'm not. I'm I'm fail. I'm a failure. Bro. Right. <laughs> like there's all that, um, and like the notion of success or what uh, qualifies as success changed all the time. Right. It's Boom. still changing now. Yeah. Like, even now with the awards and stuff, I still have like huge imposter syndrome of like, well, that's for Octavia Butler. That's not for me. You know what I mean? Like right. Um, and in my current work, I'm still sort of struggling to get back to, like, what's my voice? Mm-hmm. Or, like, how do I make a plot? Because I, I was used to already having an amazing plot to work right. with. So um, it, it's it's always, like, a messy struggle. But then at the end, you can be like, ah, yes, I did this, 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 and this. And that's that's the that's the thing, right, is the measurement of success is not the, 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 the accolades and awards. It's... Uh, the, the folks that you're able to be in community with and, and, and build together with for a purpose, right? It's not yep. just, we're going to make comics, but why do comics matter? That's a big thing that we, we often come back to on the show is why comics matter. And it's because yeah. they give voice. Be, 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 they provide an avenue for voice. Um, they provide this avenue for connection. And, and you are one of the best in the game. And I just wanted to appreciate you for like taking the time and being willing to, to, uh, to talk with us here. Um, my this is on comics it's cool. it is great man so, yeah. Top it, comics. it is um it is an absolute pleasure 
to, to, to talk with you. If you haven't, do yourself a favor. Pick up those Octavia Butler books, but then also check out the whole... Is that through Rosarium? No. The, well, no. It, it was published by a no. publisher called Front 40 Press. Um, they're I'm, not around anymore. I'm thinking um, of uh, I'm, I'm thinking of Box of Bones. Yeah. Um, we, which we you did talking, lettering for. I did some lettering, right. and I did, drew like three panels in the second. <laughs> <laughs> but, but do yourself a favor and pick up... Pick up um, as much work from from Damien Duffy as you can. Um, thank you once again, sir, for for, for coming by. Always a pleasure. Um, and we will see everybody. Uh, we'll, you'll hear us again uh, on the next issue of Comic School. Until then, be good, be well, and take care of each other. Thank you.